Let's turn to the world of science. It's a test tube Thursday, and the always enthusiastic Dan Riskin is here. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, you know what? We just had an interview with the president of the Ontario Medical Association. He was talking about how uh, climate change is affecting medicine. But you have a story this morning about how 2024 could be, well, basically hot as hell. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe not hot as hell. I guess it depends where your hell is. Let's not get into that. Let's just focus <laughs> on the temperatures here on Earth. Um, so uh, last week, we broke the record uh, on July 3rd, 17.01 degrees Celsius was the hottest temperature, average temperature for the Earth ever recorded, uh, shattering the record. Uh, the, the previous record was set in 2016, which, as you'll notice, is not very long ago because it's from this warming climate. Uh, so it, it we had never hit the, an average temperature above 17 degrees. Celsius and on July 3rd we got 17.01 and then the, the following day we got promptly got to 17.18 so even higher than that um, and this trend towards hotter temperatures is partly climate change but it's also partly because it's an El Nino year and El Nino years happen seemingly at random uh, it's it has to do with ocean currents but what it does is it just sort of turns the temperature up on average across the whole globe uh, on top of whatever else is going on and so we expect this year to be hot uh, because it's an El Nino year, but the El Nino's strongest effects really don't take place until the very end of the year. Uh, and so we're, we're expecting, and scientists say they're expecting that these hot temperatures are going to continue this year. And they, they point out that the way temperature trends have gone in the past couple decades is that they tend to kind of go up like a ratchet. So they go up, they, they, they kind of stagnate for a little bit and they're kind of leveled. And then they go suddenly go up by a, a chunk and then they level off a bit and then they go up by a chunk again. And, uh, and so we may have just leveled up uh, this year and we may see it sort of sit at these high temperatures or go up a little bit more uh, before it ratchets again in the next round. Ocean temperatures seem to be more like a line just going up steadily, but the air temperatures seem to ratchet up. And so it's it's hard to predict exactly what the temperature is going to be a year from today. Um, but there's no question that we are on it. We Since the 1970s, we've been on this upward trajectory and we're definitely as high as we have been in recorded history. All right. So maybe this is a related story. How can we harvest electricity from humid air? Yeah, you know what? Scientists are chasing after uh, a, a new way to get electricity. And they warn right off the bat that this might not be what powers your car or your home or cities, but it might be what powers your devices. It might be what powers your wristwatch or your electronics or maybe an LED light that's, you know, a sensor or something like that. Um, when there's humidity in the air, the molecules of water have a charge and that charge well i mean in most extreme case that charge builds up on one side of a cloud and then when it discharges you get a lightning strike so it can be pretty big when it's up in the sky but what scientists are kind of focused on is can we make a little tiny device with it's got a very thin membrane like a very thin piece of uh, fabric sort of uh, but very very thin uh, and if the if the water accumulates on one side but not the other because of the surface properties of this manufactured fabric maybe we can make the charge accumulate on one side and not the other and then have it discharge like a lightning strike but much smaller and then harvest that energy and so they basically a couple of mistakes in the lab where they set up a device to measure something and it kind of had that configuration and all of a sudden it started capturing electricity by itself on a very small scale uh, has them pretty excited and so they're working towards this this way to go into it but it's high grow electricity so instead of hydroelectricity which we're used to talking about the new word that will be in your dictionaries soon but probably isn't yet is high grow 
electricity. Hygros means humidity in Greek. So that's that's your word of the day, hygroelectricity. All right. I'll make a note of it. I'll share that with uh, John Burnside, the city councilor who likes to improve his vocabulary on a daily basis. Okay, so I saw this story earlier this week and I thought of you. And I also thought of Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, I felt a great disturbance in the force as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Apparently, there is some sort of a star that could blow up and take us all out in a minute. Well, it won't take us out. It would just be really oh, pretty. Well, this case. is a this is a good this is this is a feel good. It's exploding star story, not like Star Wars, where it, when a planet explodes, millions of people are silenced at once. No, this is a happy. Unless anybody lives on Beetlejuice, we don't know for sure, and or in the Beetlejuice <laughs> system. So, if you look at Orion, uh, which is one of the constellations in our sky, uh, there's a red shoulder on uh, Orion. It's called Beetlejuice. It's the tenth brightest star in the sky. You've seen it before. You may just not have identified it, but if you have an app, you can point to the sky and find it. It's it's cool. Because because it's a it's a red giant. So if Beetlejuice, which of course also is a very cool name, but if Beetlejuice was you've said in it our three times, system, now we're doomed. Yeah, <laughs> if it were in our solar system, it's so big that it would extend past, like it would be where the sun is, but it would be bigger than the Earth. It would go past the Earth. It would go past Mars. It would go all the way to the asteroid belt. So it's much bigger than our sun. And our sun is billions of years old, but this thing is quite young. It's only eight to 10 million years old. These red giants burn fast. And then when they when they burn all their fuel, they go supernova, which means they explode. And when they explode, they give off a ton of light. And it's this really bright thing in the sky and we haven't seen a supernova from earth since the year 1604 which was four years before we invented the telescope so it'd be nice to see one it would be as bright as the moon you'd be able to see it during the day but it wouldn't hurt us and so uh researchers say you know we've always known any red giant is sort of at risk for this but a new paper suggests that it's even closer to the end of its life than we had realized it may be uh on its last legs and so it may explode very soon which unfortunately Unfortunately, in astronomy terms, could mean like Tuesday, or it could mean in the next 10,000 years. So super. we're trying to figure out exactly where that's going to come. If it does go supernova, uh, we should detect some gravitational waves right before. Um, so we might get some warning, but it, we, we might not. It might just suddenly be very bright in the night sky and so bright that it's visible during the day. I think it'd be really cool to see. Um, but, uh, you know, this is just one of these things where it's really hard to predict, um, but scientists say we may we may get to see this in our lifetimes, and that would be very, very cool. Okay, and I was teasing the listeners about a story about bees, but we're out of time, so maybe we can put that in our pocket for next week. I'll just say really quickly that bees can make decisions surprisingly fast, almost as fast as a primate, and scientists are pretty excited about it. And yeah, we can talk about it. We can put that bee in our bonnet for later. All right, thank you. It's the bee's knees. That is Dan Riskin. 